You're listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm Tom Houghton. Hey, everybody. I'm Paul Worth in the studio. In the studio. We're back again. We're back at it. Exactly. Feels great. Yeah, we've got some great podcasts lined up for you here in the month of June. Summertime. Summertime. Boy, we're feeling it here. 90 today. Yeah, and Let's also go. in the studio, the air conditioning is like not on today. warm. So, okay. yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. Speaking of warm, our guests great are from a warm climate in Fort Worth, Texas. Joining us today, Brett and Kara Phillips from High Street Homes. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. And we are feeling summer as well down here. So <laughs> we're hot. Perfect. I was going to be really bummed if you were like, actually, Tom, it's a frigid. We, yeah, we've had a cold front move yeah. in. No, it's we're both in the central part of the country, so we should be good. Right high, on high Street Homes. Um, let's jump in. How did you get that name? That's a question I like to ask people a lot. It's true. High Street Homes came from we we liked the idea of the main part of a town being the center, which is like Main Street, and so High Street is really. The main part another of name another name for Main Street, but it's not Main Street. So nice. it's High Street. Is that, Tom, you lived in the UK. I did. Our listeners should know this. How long? Uh, five years total. In London or in uh, outside, outside? Outside of London, yep. And so lived off of a High Street. In so Jerry's High Street's Cross. Main yeah. Street. Well, yeah, kind of like the main drag. It's got you know your your grocery stores there. Got you've it. got your your pubs. You've got you know your your newsstand it's all kind of right there um it's really the heart of a small town and what else do they say you're not downtown but the city no it's like uh city central city central yeah. so those are two terms you hear over there high street yeah. and city central good that makes sense to us are you yeah. guys are you guys from uh texas or did you spend time in the uk or i'm a born and raised texan nice and I'm a born again Texan. I'm from Southern, I'm from Southern California and grew up um, just outside of Santa Barbara. So two of my best friends from college married girls from Texas. So there's three California boys that were best friends that married three Texas girls that were best friends. So it's really odd and really good. Yeah, so works. sounds like the next best uh, country song there, right? <laughs> Yeah, born three again. guys from California, three girls from Texas. Well, I like "Born Again Texan." That, oh, that's that's got some legs. <laughs> I'm sure that's already a song. You think so? <laughs> well, check the show notes. Check the show check notes. Check the show notes. We're gonna for do the a little song. producing and see if we have that. <laughs> yeah. So you got. So tell us a little bit about what type of construction and and how's your uh, how's your company built. And what we mean by that is what types of projects you do, employee size, that kind of thing. So we really are um, a design and build. But I think the interesting thing about us is we we started really in construction kind of with a design hat, if you will. Uh, we built our first home, but we actually hired out the construction on it. Um, and so we realized at that time, like during that process, it was in 2011, and it we were Pinterest was new to the scene, and there was so much kind of accessibility and saturation of um, design other than just going and looking at a magazine we actually um, you get on Pinterest and just like look at the most <laughs> amazing images and they were just like flooding everywhere and we found there was a gap in our market between construction and really great design and so during that process we you know we acted as our own um, designers on the job and we realized, you know, if we actually went into business as a construction company, but we were really designed forward, I think we could bring the fusion together um, at a better price point. So that was kind of like the liftoff to our company. 
Yeah, it makes sense. So, you know, there are two types of construction companies and one, the majority is somebody who built, who grew up in the trades, right? So mm-hmm. their dad or, or mom owned a construction business or they were a framer and they're like, Hey, I want to do this myself. So did you guys have any of that experience or you're coming from a totally different place where it's design and then you're going to learn or hire out the construction expertise? Kara, Kara moved 17 times in the same town. So <laughs> Before I had graduated high school, I had moved to 17 different homes. Wow. So her, her family was in real estate, so they would build a house and then sell it and then move to the next one. And so it was this ongoing part of real estate development as there's more space in Texas. So there was something in her blood, I think, as far as that. And she studied finance real estate as well um, for undergrad, but I think ultimately she wishes she would have studied interior design, which I think through our construction experience helped and um, felt more of like an apprenticeship as you learn mm-hmm. on, on the ground and doing it yourself. Um, I have a master's in organizational leadership, and so for me, it was more about the managing and coordinating people and building strategic relationships and understanding the human piece of construction. We always tell our clients it's a human process, so a lot of things can go wrong, and they do. Mm. And so when we're in that together, how do you help manage everybody's expectations but continue to solve problems and get there as quickly and correctly as possible? Awesome. Uh, So I know you said you got a master's. I think you might have got the master's at a university that's very near and dear to my heart. Oh, really? I think we've got a little bit of a connection there from Azusa Pacific University. Wow. That's right. So we are small world, very small world. Right? Wait, is that like the third person <laughs> that we've talked? Didn't we have some another guest on? It's, it's just, you know, it's connections. And there's like five people in that university, right? <laughs> Only five. Yeah. And you've met three. Very high end. So very nice. two more to go. We'll find them. Taking the small class size to a whole new level. <laughs> That's exactly right. I know you just talked about lessons learned too, and I, I would love to dive into that a little bit. You built your first home, I think back in 2011. What were some of the lessons that you guys learned from that experience, you know, diving in? Well, I think because we weren't actually doing the construction arm at that time, we learned that essentially design and construction can go hand in hand in a really neat way. And so a lot of times from the design standpoint, it's only going to go as well as it can dependent upon the the contractor on the job to execute. So it's really a teamwork idea. And so ultimately the reason why we had a whole umbrella of both design and construction is because we really just felt the two needed each other. So in order to get the final product to be what we wanted it to be. And um, and we felt like that was a big lesson is to understand how to bring those two together. I think a few other things that we've learned for sure. One, one thing that's kind of emerged more um, partway through is really valuing yourself and asking for appropriate pricing for what you offer and what that looks like. Really early on, we I think when you're new, you don't think you'd deserve or are worth the value of what you are. And so one one book that's been really helpful to us is Profit First. Um, and that's been a really great um, resource for us in actually paying yourself first and then creating other avenues for different things to say, oh, my account isn't that full because all this money actually needs to go to all these other things. So don't spend money on this marketing initiative or um, tap into that. So that's one thing from a finance perspective of getting paid and, and earning what your value is has been really key. That's, that's great. Is that a construction specific book or is that general? They business? do have, I, they have made it specific to construction. So sure. there's one that's profit first for contractors. Sean Van Dyke. Sean Van Dyke, yeah. Oh, yeah, the author. yeah. Yeah. But then the, I think it was a takeoff of another more general 
prophet first. Mike. Malkowitz? He has a really nice last name that I can't pronounce. That's okay. It happens to me all the time, actually. It was a really pivotal book for us to read because it did require us to really value ourselves and then understand what we had left to actually operate our business. That's great. We'll throw, we'll throw links in the show notes for that. You know, there's two questions I have. One for Karen. This might be hard, but for somebody who's just not super into understanding construction, can you give me a tangible example of like where where uh, the design meets the construction and the problems happen? And, and like, I mean, like maybe the design calls for a built-in in this kitchen area, but the duct works there. Is that kind of what you're talking about or... I guess, um, you know, at one point in our business, I believe it was in 2016, we had had a really hard road and we pulled back and we looked at what's happening, what we needed to value ourselves more. And we had realized that we had differentiated ourselves as contractors with like a designer lens. So we needed to separate those two. And what we've found is that we spend so much more time in the beginning on the actual design of the project. First and foremost, it starts with the floor plan, which is both a product of design and a product of construction. Mm -hmm. So we both sit down and where I may say, oh my gosh, I've got to look down and I need to see a window through this corridor. Brett will say, hey, and and we're not actually separated by contractor designer, but one of us will say, oh, I really want to see this window down at the end of a corridor. And then the other one will say, hey, no, we need ductwork. To, we need to bring up the wall right there. Yeah, we need to use that space for construction. Okay, fantastic. That is our boundary. And now we're going to make that spot beautiful, knowing that we have to use that space for a construction-related item. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow up on there. So where, where in, in your process and also in natural construction, where does the interior design come in? Are you talking to the clients about that? during this design process or do we go, Hey, here are the bones and we're going to talk about paint colors and wall coverings and, and different things that we might suggest interior design style of colors later, or is that kind of always That's there? Creating a process. And, and part of what we do and what's so great about builder trend is that having a larger schedule because so many of those decisions can only flow from the next one. And so we've got to say, hey, we're going to take care of the bones right now. We're going to make sure those are great. We're going to talk about paint colors. That's going to be really important. Or we're going to talk about cabinet layout, but that won't come until we've addressed window placement and the openings and transitions. And so we have just a very large comprehensive schedule. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to something Brett said earlier, which is, some of the most successful construction companies we've talked to, and we've talked to thousands, they do come from a, uh, a business or systems-oriented way to approach the actual construction business. Like, we need somewhere to have these communications, and they need to be tracked, and we need somewhere to schedule this, and we need somewhere to schedule appointments. And so, Brett, was that kind of where you came in and saw a, an opportunity within construction because so many companies don't have system, systems? I, th- I think part of that... I. I just really enjoy people. And so I think for us, we like to create and we like to see spaces celebrate people's every day. And so for us, that ultimately is what drives us and excites us about it. And I think there's ways that I'm still building certain processes and schedules and systems. I think as an extrovert, um, one of my greatest assets is building relationships with vendors and trades and understanding like, what's new or what's different or how do we problem solve this and like as any builder we're just a team of two we did have a full-time superintendent and 
that transition last year just as our work and, and different things change, but we're a small team. So we're hit with so many fires and problems to solve all the day, all the time for us to be able to solve this quickly. So I think for systems, those go into play to help. Okay. I have uh, kind of the checklist manifesto. Have you guys read that book and know that book as well? Anyway, that, I think there's more of a mm-hmm. sequence in that of working through, okay, here's, here's this challenge and how do we work through the steps to get through it? Yeah, that makes sense. So you talked about your roles a little bit, um, that they aren't necessarily, you know, designer and then actually mm-hmm. production of the job. Can you talk about that? Obviously your husband and wife, I feel like that might come up as like, Hey, this is my territory. Is there any, is there any fighting? Is there any benefit? I mean, I think from an outsider perspective, I think it's great because you have two people then that are kind of like watching each other's back. Right. Cause there's no like, Oh, this is your area. So then also maybe that removes the finger pointing of, well, you missed that, you know, I don't know, share your experience on that. Well, there's plenty of finger pointing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only natural at times. There's so much information to communicate and so many people to communicate with. Um, but we work really hard at overseeing separate parts of the business. And we found that if one of us could take responsibility for one area and then the other person can, you know, back that area up or double check, then that's always great. Uh, but we both design together and we, I, we both do a lot of the construction related. We, it's a bit blurry, which I think we're still working through a little bit. Working as a husband and wife, there's for sure pros. I think we're really grateful that our our mornings and start very differently working from home. I think that flexibility and that opportunity to um, call the shots, we remind ourselves a lot, oh no, we're in charge. Like if you want that to look different, like that's, we can change that. But we do overlap some, but we do have our main avenues. Kara's the, the main lead designer. Um, I'm, I'm mostly construction and operations and managing that. And then Kara does some of our finance as well. And then all kind of supplements. Sometimes when you stay in something too long, you just need a break. And you're like, I, my eyes are going cross and I need to change that. But um, being a husband and wife, there's always lots of good communication check-ins where you're like, I think one thing we've learned, there's funny times when you have a better relationship with a trade and you're trying to advocate for them, but then they've done something that's frustrating that creates more problems. And then we've realized sometimes it creates problems between us. We're like, oh, no, no, we're the team. Like, we don't need to <laughs> advocate for the true partner that made a poor choice or added something weird or whatever. It's those- we, we have to remember that we also, at the end of the day, have to come to kind of a unified force and mm-hmm. back each other up. It's like, so par- it's like parenting. It yeah. is. It is like <laughs> against your, you got to have a unified voice, voice against your kids. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. Unified front. Front. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's great. You know, that does lead me to a question I had since you started. It has to be a challenge for somebody who doesn't grow up in construction, especially in your local area. Was there some um, anxiety to saying, look, I don't know any of the subs or trades around here, and I've got to go make those relationships and find out. Uh, which sub is quality and which vendor is somebody who's going to be good to work with. I mean, I'm sure that took a lot of time, right? You want to talk a little bit about how you started that process? Yeah, we had a, we had a list of contacts that we had to start with. And I think 
it's always one of those things where there's certain relationships. I feel like there's a lot of trade contractors sometimes that everyone has a heart attack at some point and someone's mom is always in the hospital and there's all those funny mm -hmm. like nuanced things about um, people in the trade where I'm like, you told me that like two weeks ago your mom had a heart attack and right. now she has a heart attack against poor mom. Um, mm -hmm. But for us, it was one of those things where we – I think as an extrovert, I'm good at building relationship. And so it's one of those things that you're constantly had to figure out, are these the best people to serve our clients? And are these the best people to help meet the needs of what we're doing? And some people naturally weed themselves out. Some vendors you build relationships with, and it's really good for a certain amount of time, but a sales rep transitions or a product changes. And so I think it's this constantly evolving thing anyway, but mm -hmm. I think building those good relationships first is really key. And then you just have to keep building and working on it. Yeah. And I think we, we talked about this with Stacy Ekman, um, yep. in our latest podcast, he went around physically to architects to, to create these relationships, just pop in say, Hey, here's, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Is that sort of how you went about it or, or how you continue to go about it? Or can you give me some, or the listeners, some tactical ways to continue opening doors to new subs and vendors and, and, and trade contractors? One thing, that I would really recommend is build colleagues in the industry. So I think there's a lot of work and there's a lot of space for a lot of people. For sure, there's this natural competition and this um, need to be excellent in your space. But the earlier you can build relationships, those are the best people to say, hey, I'm, I'm in a pinch and I need a plumber to come do this today. Or, hey, this came up on this thing. Do you have a relationship with or even asking your trade? So I think building other general contractors, architects, designers that you respect and trust that they have good traits. The majority of them want to share. Sometimes it's hard because they might employ all those traits or they can't necessarily do that. But also, okay, um, do you know a good painter, trim carpenter? Because they come in right after you and they either make your work look really great or not mm -hmm. great. So let's let's talk through that as well. Your trades want to advocate for you and bring their other colleagues that they like and respect because everyone wants to feel proud of what they do. That's a great tip. Let's make your work look good. So tell me the best guy after this. Right. Yeah. That's a good plan. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about design more, uh, since that's obviously like one of the cornerstones, I would say, of your company. In the process of building out the project, would you say that design ever influences the build or vice versa? What's that look like for you guys? Um, absolutely. I think we always start a project with a level of understanding of the design. And I think it makes our project, um, uh, we have a much more holistic approach if we do it that way. Um, it makes a client a lot happier. And when it comes to our speculative projects, which we call our market homes, I think it's really important that we have an overall design for the entire project. Yeah, th this, this has been really, you guys have such a unique perspective. I think it's awesome. So uh, definitely go follow you on all your platforms. And that's my last question. Honestly, you know, social media for a business is becoming more and more important and almost essential. Uh, we talked to so many contractors on this podcast that they get almost half or 100% of their leads from their social media presence. Can you give anybody just a quick tip on, on, on sort of how you guys built yours or what your philosophy is? Awesome. We we have two. Um, our personal design one is at Brett and Kara. We have two T's and K-A-R-A, -A, um, the preppiest name, so it'll just kind of <laughs> come up. Um, and then at High Street Homes is our, our business. We aren't as active on High Street Homes. That's something that we're working on as we have more speculative homes and other market homes and trying to make sure we grow that 
locally. Um, at Brett and Kara is actually our audience is really national, which is interesting. And so for us in growing our demographics, it's really important, I think, to know who your audience is and what your purpose of building that. But consistency is really key and having an authentic voice. I think it's really, for us being in design, people love to see beautiful things in beautiful spaces. And if I think at times in construction, depending on who your audience is, are you wanting to attract clients or are you wanting to attract other builder colleagues and friends? So are you highlighting tools? Are you highlighting framing that isn't necessarily always beautiful and something that someone's going to like or love? But if you're sharing good tips and information in it, you get to be more respected or trusted. So I think figuring out what are those things, who's your audience that you're trying to attract? And then you have to be really consistent in that. So either that's through the copy or whether that's through the images, um, it can be a bit overwhelming um, for sure. But one thing that's really helped us is building relationships with a lot of people in Instagram. We have made a lot of friends from Artisan Signature Homes to Aft Instruction to um, Rising or Build to other um, people that are in construction but also in design. Those people share you and they talk about you and they highlight. So I think there's this collaborative space in that too that has really helped us and um, I don't I don't know why people are there but I think you <laughs> it's a social platform so be social is yeah. what we yeah always remember that's a great point and Brad and Matt they're all I mean a shout out to all you guys you're mm -hmm. putting out some amazing content and again go follow them on Instagram if you missed it check out the show notes builderture.com slash podcast we'll put links to their Instagram accounts you can go give them a follow um, obviously that just helps the entire industry out. And obviously you can see all the amazing design work that they're doing. Speaking of design, cause again, I really wanted to drive that home. You guys live in Texas and I feel like when you mention design in Texas, I think of Chip and Joanne and Chip and Jojo as I, you know, we're on that kind of name sure, basis apparently. Sure are, yeah. So I'm thinking subway tiles, I'm thinking, uh, farmhouse sinks. Is this what you're still seeing in your area in terms of design trends? Or are you seeing, you know, what's the next wave of this? You know, I, specifically where we are, we're seeing people kind of gradually leave a little bit of the farmhouse style. And, you know, people are really embracing kind of the taupe tonal kitchens. Still a lot of painted cabinets are happening and wood floors, but everyone still loves a good painted brick home. So I, I, think, I think there's an element of organic wellness kind of going through everything. So people are concerned about what's in the water or what's in the air that they're breathing. But for people, it's about relaxation and I think a little bit of a minimal vibe mm -hmm. in, a, in a way, but also lots of amenities, but things tucked away. So and I think it's still light and bright for sure. That's awesome. Uh, I know that our listeners, of course, love to stay up to date on trends. So I appreciate you kind of sharing your knowledge with your area. And I know we talked about relationships earlier and maybe we can end on this really quick. What would you say to our listeners, so fellow builders, or interior designers that are trying to work across the aisle and want to work better together. You know, obviously you guys have it kind of built in, but for those people who aren't, don't have an interior designer in house and they're working with somebody exterior or vice versa, what are some tips that you can provide? I, I would start with what are your expectations and how do you work best? So I think understanding for an interior designer, they are limited in what their ability to navigate it. So how do you both advocate for your client and be in a position where no one's pointing fingers or blaming someone else or um, using the other person as a scapegoat because it's easy to, oh, well, this person missed this or this is this or kind of finger point. And so I think teamwork is the key 
to making that happen. I think a designer is only ever really as good as um, the implementation of it and the construction. And I think similarly, a contractor can really benefit from a designer coming in and really helping spearhead the design and making a beautiful product. But I think clarity is key. So whatever you can put down on pen and paper or in images or visual, I think that helps clarify everything. And that's where a lot of stuff, it's, I, I told someone to lower something the other day and that meant two different things. And so sometimes you have to be very specific on what that means to shorten. So Sure. That's a good sense. point. This was great. Thank you guys. Very interesting perspective. Um, and, it, you know, we can definitely follow along Instagram for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and just sharing your knowledge. Of course, we're really happy that you guys are part of our Builder Trend family, that you use us. We think that's great. I mean, we love builders like yourself who are out there trying to make the entire industry better. So kudos on that. Keep up the great work. And uh, we'll hopefully have you back on at some point or visit you in person. That'd be great. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Once all this Thanks. stuff passes. Yeah, once travel's yeah. back. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for Yeah, thank you for having us. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.